In the gorilla clinic, we carry out laboratory analysis on fecal samples collected from mountain gorillas once a week. And it's only from the habituated mountain gorillas that the rangers are able to follow on a daily basis. The health benefits for habituated groups are that it's much easier to monitor them and follow them. And if gorillas are showing abnormal appearance or abnormal behavior, you can tell and make a follow-up and treat them if you have to treat them. Whereas with unhabituated groups, you can't get that close to them and it's very hard to treat them. Gorillas are very susceptible to our diseases because we share 98.4% genetic material. And so we can easily get diseases from them and they can easily get diseases from us. And they can easily get very sick. In 1996, I got a report that the gorillas were losing hair and developing white scaly skin. So we wondered what it could be. It could be ringworm, scabies. So we went out and uh, looked at the clinical signs, started a uh, juvenile gorilla. He was scratching even during the anesthesia, and that's a very common sign in scabies. And they all look terrible, especially the young ones. We gave him a treatment for scabies, which is ivermectin, and a few a week later the mother dropped the infant and uh, the infant was crawling with mites because she was dead and we were able to prove that it's scabies. The vets were able to compare those samples with the samples of the people around the area and were able to tell that the genetics are very similar and most likely the scabies came from people. If you have a bad cold or anything that's airborne, such as measles, then and you get close enough to them, you know, at a distance of less than five meters, they can get diseases from us. And another way is through direct contact. You come, come behind. Come this way. Let's keep the distance. The park staff have to be very strict. I know they feel tempted to let the gorillas go close because they can get tips. The tourists are so excited. But we're spending a lot of time explaining to them why it's not a good thing to do. Because if they lose the gorillas through disease, they've lost an, a sustainable source of income for an area which is very, doesn't really have many other alternatives. And so we're trying to get them to really become stewards and you know, want to protect the gorillas, want to protect their health. And what they need to do is, you know, if the gorillas get close, you have to, you know, frighten them back, you know, ah, 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 so that they keep away, you know, basically keep them, keep the gorillas back and keep the tourists back. Well, let's stand it behind. If a gorilla licks a tourist's clothing, they will pick up you know, bacteria, viruses, or even parasites from the tourists, and depending on how hygienic or clean they are. And that will be very detrimental because once that one gorilla gets it, they could easily spread it to the rest of the group.
have to keep a distance of seven meters. But sometimes I have some visitors who, whom I can say they are stubborn. You tell him to do this, he does this. But there are very few, there are very few in fact. I try to convince that visitor to explain what, what he's doing, that it's not good. So, but most of them, they accept their rules. They said that we would be around seven metres away from them, but obviously if they approach you, then there's not much you can do about it. Did they say that in the briefing? What, what, what did they say about this close contact that sometimes can happen? Can you recall? No. I guess I missed that part, hey? <laughs> but I'm, but I'm, I'm kind of glad that I did, though. Did you have, yeah, the, why do you think there is the seven metre rule? Well, I understand that our DNA is so similar that if we have some kind of illness, then it could easily be, you know, transferred to those guys and they might get sick. But um, I kind of figured that given that they approached me, I, I wasn't really too much in the wrong. <laughs> the first time, you'd be surprised, I had it from Brazil. <laughs> I was in Brazil and somebody came to me and said, oh, you're from Uganda? Oh, I, I came and saw your gorillas and I touched them. I said, you touched them? How could that be? You're not supposed to have touched them, <laughs> you know. And then I have had it again here, uh, recently. So this is something that we definitely will have to address very seriously. I agree with you that it is a responsibility of all of us, the guides, the rangers, the staff on the ground, and the tourists, and the tour operators. It is something that we definitely will continue to strive to stop. So we won't allow this kind of scenario to happen. We mustn't stress the animals. We mustn't be driven by actions that could ultimately further endanger the existence of the mountain gorillas or their habitat. What did you think about how close they can? Mm, actually, mixed. Because yeah. it makes them more accustomed to humans, which makes them more vulnerable, which made me a little nervous. But I, honestly, I was a little, also a little jealous that they touched other people and didn't touch me. But I knew I shouldn't be jealous, but I was a little bit. Yes, the advantages of habituating are that there's more income for the park, there's more income for the communities, and all these other benefits. But they have to be weighed against the fact that these gorillas could end up you know, being so compromised and could end up dying as a result of too much human contact and then they'll lose the resource forever. So it's a big balance between what is needed now and what is needed for the future.